This is Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Ryan Evans. During the summer months that tend to be a busy time for cows, nutrient demands are high, which can create a bad situation for the cows when pasture conditions are poor due to drought. For more on maintaining condition on cows while stretching pasture resources, I am joined now by Dr. Carla Wilkie, Professor of Animal Science at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. She's covered this topic in a new article posted on our Center for Ag Profitability's website, cap.unl.edu. Thanks for joining me, Carla. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So as far as where we are now in Nebraska with the drought situation, do you have a sense of pasture conditions across the state? Well, things are dry. Um, The majority of the state, and particularly where a lot of our grasslands are, um, from a drought standpoint, are classified as, at best, abnormally dry down to D3, which is extreme drought. And um, so while parts of the Sandhills have gotten some rains in the last week or so that may help some of the summer um, grasses, a lot of areas that have cool season grasses are in pretty bad shape because those needed really good rains, um, you know, in April and early May. So um, even though we're all thrilled to have some rain here and there, it's getting late enough in the season that um, we have to kind of just accept that this year is going to be a poor production for grass, a poor production year for grass. Mm -hmm. And why do summers like this one present a particular challenge for producers to maintain a good condition on spring calving cows? So spring calving cows are in peak lactation or just right past peak lactation right now. And for cows that are calving in April and May, which a lot of producers have moved to as opposed to a February, March calving herd, then this also puts them right in the breeding season. And if we think about nutrient needs as being um, cups, on a tier that one cup has to be filled and then at the top of that cup is a little spigot and that cup has to be filled and once it's full any overflowing water can flow down to the next cup if we think of a cow's requirements like that starting at maintenance um you know and then going to lactation and then going to the ability to cycle and rebreed then she's got to have all those nutrients met all those cups have to be filled for maintenance and lactation before she can have enough left over to rebreed. And that can be an issue when we have really poor quality pasture. Great illustration there. And you write about options for supplementing pears on pasture to stretch grass and to buy time before cows have to be removed. So what are some recommendations and things to watch out for? So one of the things that um, kind of goes around the block anytime that we have a a really dry year and grass production may be kind of short is the concept of supplementing on pasture. And there's two different ways to go about that. And one is simply feeding like a protein supplement that, such as you know, distiller's grains on the pasture um, to the cows. And we do that in the winter when they're on poor quality grass. So sometimes we think, well, we'll just do that in the summer. 
the problem with that can be that um, just a little bit of protein supplement, like two or three pounds of it, can actually help the cows digest poor quality forages better, which then increases how much they eat. So it can actually have the opposite effect of what you're trying to do with the pasture, which is um, substitute the pasture. If you feed more of the supplement, like um, 0.6% of body weight, um, then that's quite a bit more. It's going to cost quite a bit more, especially in a year like this when supplements expensive. And that can replace some forage intake, but it's only going to replace like 10 or 12%. So um, that's not really necessarily what we're looking for. I mean, you can do that, but you have to know that's all you're going to get out of it. So another thing that the University of Nebraska has done some research on is mixing really poor quality roughage like um, cornstalk residue or wheat straw um, with wet distillers in, in various um, proportions and try to feed that on the pasture and then um, they clip the pastures to, to see which pastures had the most forage, see how much they were actually getting um, forage replacement out of feeding that. and the best combination seems to be on a dry matter basis when you use 30% wet distillers and 70% some really um, poor quality residues in a mixture. Um, they almost got a one-to-one -one replacement. Um, if you use a blend of 50-50 or you use hay because you're in an area that doesn't have a lot of crop residues and so you use poor or quality hay instead of residues, um, then you got a lot less forage replacement. So of several different combinations of distillers and, um, and residues or distillers and hay, the overall average forage replacement was only about 44%. So you can use this method of forage replacement to stretch the time that the cows are out on the pasture and certainly help hold the body condition score up on those cows. So hopefully they are cycling. but you're not going to get 100% forage replacement, so you could still have your pasture suffer over grazing. Um, so you want to monitor the pasture very closely and understand that you're not just going to do this once the pasture is overgrazed and the cows should be removed. All it's going to do is buy you a little time, and you need to have a backup plan for that. Mm -hmm. Could you talk more about why producers might want to feed on pasture instead of confinement feeding and what's important for them to consider? Yes. And so um, if cows are not going to be sold, you know, and they've done the math and they think they can maintain the cows um, and not sell them, but they, they may have reasons for trying to not go into confinement right away. Um, and some of those can be that they just aren't set up to have that many cows in confinement um, a very small calf may not be able to reach the water tank or the bunk in their particular setup. Maybe they don't always do some confinement feeding, and so where it's only an emergency, they don't really have a great place to do it. Um, they may not be able to, maybe the pens aren't the greatest for holding a younger calf, or maybe they know that they are going to have to sell some pairs, but they know that if they can get that calf up to a little older age to where when they go to the sale barn, because it's such a widespread drought, someone else may not be wanting to buy the, the pair because they may not have any place to go with the pair. So what may have to happen 
when they go to the sale barn is that then the cow goes as a way up cow and the calf is going somewhere else as an early weaned calf to go in a grow lot or something. So this producer with the pair may be trying to get that calf up to um, 90 days of age, 120 days of age, where he doesn't have as many health risks and he's not as labor intensive for a buyer who might want him as an early weaned calf. And so that's going to maybe increase the value of that calf a little bit and give the, give the buyers a couple options. It could go as pairs, they could be split. And so that, that may be one reason that they're just trying to buy a little time. Another reason to buy a little time to keep the calf out of confinement is that when we have the cattle um, congested in there, we can increase pathogen loads and that's hard on a really young calf. And so we may be trying to buy them a little time out on pasture um, before we have to to bring them in as well. Great. And you mentioned early weaning. So if producers are considering this, what are some uh, additional important things to keep in mind? Early weaning can be a tool to help with drought mitigation because it removes the calf from the pasture and what he's eating. And usually a nursing calf is eating about one and a half percent of their body weight on a dry matter basis in forage. And then the cow is eating more grass because she's lactating and, and her intake will be 20% higher because of lactation. So there's, we can take lactation and the calf himself off the pasture, maybe leave the dry cow, you know, that, that helps us some there too. Um, some other options to think about if we're going to early wean and keep those calves ourselves is again, making sure the smaller calf can reach the water, can reach the feed bunks. Um, that we have a good source of rumen undegradable protein that um, can be used in the place of milk for calf growth if we are expecting that calf to continue at the same rate of gain that he would if he had milk. And so we need to, to make sure we have a good diet there. Um, vaccination schedules, things like that are going to have to be up to date, current, going to have to have a good relationship with our vet if we want to do some of the early weaning ourselves. Great. Thank you. And uh, we all know commodity prices remain high. So what's your advice to producers when it comes to balancing nutrition, pasture conditions, and their financial bottom line? Um, you know, there are years that we can, we have, um, we have drought in some regions and not so much drought in others. And, and we can maybe move cows around or bring in commodities and things like that. And we kind of get through a drought without having to sell too many cows. We're in a little bit of a predicament this year because this is a widespread drought, not only in the state of Nebraska, but across most of the Great Plains. And it has been in the western part of the Great Plains for a couple of years now. So things are dry. Um, commodity prices have gone up um, due to several things, drought in other areas, war in certain areas. All kinds of things affect our all thing. All kinds of global things impact our commodity prices anymore, and then fuel prices have gone up. And so, transportation of the commodities to us has added a lot of cost. So, even though we've worked really hard to develop the cow herd that we have, we really have to sit down and look at the numbers and make sure that the cost of the feed that we're putting into that calf to keep him on the place and, and not sell him until he's older or to not have to liquidate that cow can actually help us in the end and, and that cost be realized when we sell that animal. Because if we have more 
in the cost of maintainer than we're going to realize in the value of that cost of that gain or in the value of that um, cow when we have to sell her, then we need to just go ahead and make that decision to go, unfortunately. Well, great information from Dr. Carla Wilkie, professor of animal science here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Again, you can find out more about what we've been talking about here in this episode in a new article she has on our website with the Center for Ag Profitability at cap.unl.edu. Carla, thanks so much for your time and the great information. Thank you. Nebraska Farmcast is a production of the Center for Agricultural Profitability at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For the latest research-based information and education resources to manage your farm or ranch operation, visit our website at cap.unl.edu. That's cap.unl.edu.